0: You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Nations Photo Lab. Hey, your photos do not belong on your phone. And you can get 15 free square prints from Nations Photo Lab. All you have to do is head over to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and use the code IMPROVE15. Nations Photo Lab prints are made by photographers for photographers. And you can choose from 4x4 or 5 by 5 sizes on their professional quality luster paper. And you've turned your Instagram account into instant handheld memories. Make every moment matter. I want you to head over to nationsphotolab.com slash print your photos and use offer code improve for 15 free square prints. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You were joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I'm Jeff Harmon, host for this episode. And today I'm joined by Brent Berger. How are you, Brent? Hey, doing well. Good to be here. Good. I'm so glad. All right. So I thought maybe today... You know, as we are, when this episode releases, we're going to be less than a week before the Create Photography Retreat that many of us are going to be participating in. I'm sorry to hear, Brent, that you're not going to be this year.
1: Man, the closer we get, I'm just like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) because it's so wonderful. You wish you were going, yeah. Yeah. And there's just not only too much on my plate, but. Um, it's also a week later than it was last year. And so just getting back in time to get school up and running, uh, just too close. So yeah. I was just like, oh, you know, I'm going to miss everybody, but yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Hopefully next year. Yeah. So
0: I, I look forward to this event so much every year and I can't wait to join many of the listeners in Las Vegas, uh, three days of like intense focus on photography, I love it. As a hobbyist, I never get that chance. I don't ever have three or multiple days of like uninterrupted focus on photography. And it gets me so energized. I just love it. It's it's so fun. Um, I've heard from lots of listeners who, for various reasons, were unable to make it to the retreat. And we're going to miss you there. We wish you could be there. But I thought that it would be a good time for an episode to talk about some tips that we might have we like getting the most out of a conference or a workshop. And um, it, not not only for those that are going to be attending the retreat, and I hope they're listening and are going to take these suggestions and and make it so they can get the very most out of their experience of this event, but any workshop or retreat. So this is not intended to be specific to the Create Photography Retreat. I mean, I think we we hope all of you will join us in future years and announcements will be coming on that, I think, shortly. But any Kind of workshop or conference, and some tips that we have on how to get the most out of it, and why you should go, and stuff like that. How's that sound, Brent?
1: Absolutely. It's whether you do something here at Create Photography Retreat. You know, I uh, certainly do workshops, and there's others here with the uh, Master Photography Group that do workshops and the like. Uh, If you choose to go somewhere else, fine. That's not we're, we're not trying to say. Please please buy from me kind of a thing. We're literally saying whatever it is you choose to do, pick one and go and and learn from what we're gonna say here because it can it it can really uh I think be beneficial uh to you and just it, it's so it's everything. It's everything we're talking about. Right. Here. And that's actually the very first tip. That's that's what we want to start off with here.
0: I'm gonna call it pick one and go. That's my tip. Pick one and go. So I I've said it before on the podcast investing in a conference or a workshop. um, I'm going to extend it even to video training here at the end. Any of that, I think that's going to help you to master your photography better than any kind of gear that you might be considering purchasing or saving up to purchase. Um, Not totally discount investing in gear because some of that can really, really help you to make a difference in in the image quality that you're going to get. But... I just think the return on investment from a workshop or conference is far greater than the, the increase in image quality you might get from new gear. What do you think of that, Brent? Completely
1: agree. And I've seen this happen over and over again, <laughs> right. where I have people coming into my principles of photography class. I do that every uh, spring quarter. And most folks come in with, you know, they don't even know what they have, what camera they have. Right, right. And just the fact that they're in this class, uh, they they go so much further with it. And then I've got those people who have uh, quite a bit of experience, potentially, and they're kind of like, man, I'm just going to blow this class off. And I kind of talked to them and I'm just like, you know, you're still here. You're still paying tuition. Let's get something out of it. If you don't think these assignments apply, there's, there's ways that you and I can still work together. You can still glean something from it. So it does have to do with attitude for sure, but they can have the greatest camera and they're still going to make better pictures anyway, just because of something they learned either from their peers in class or from me as an instructor. And that's just being in that environment is extremely valuable. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I'd I'd even extend it to video training. Like I said, just a second ago, there's huge value in that. I think that's not as much because at least, at least for me, I don't know if everyone's this way, but Even I've bought training that I still haven't watched. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Finding the time away from your family, your responsibilities, whatever you're working on to watch video training, even though it's going to help you, it it can be tough. So having it, uh, something that's going to actually make you get away from home, go spend a few days to focus on that thing that you want to learn about, that's going to help you a ton to to be able to get away. So, if that's not possible, if it's like too expensive to afford the travel and the cost of the workshop and and all of that, then yes, uh, even video training I think can can really really help you more than that no, that lens you're thinking of buying or the new camera body you're thinking about upgrading to uh the, the gear, in a lot of cases, I think you're going to be more benefited from these kinds of activities. So that's the, well, the first one. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. And even if you do a video training, I might suggest try and do what you can in your mind anyway to kind of treat it more like that workshop sure. idea. Because if you can carve out... A weekend, or if you have a long weekend coming up, or anything along those lines, where you can put two or three to get days together, and you can just you know work your other responsibilities, so you can focus just on this, and you can dive into it. You know that certainly helps, and that increases the value of that as well. Because I've I've done the same thing where I've bought uh, either access to a website or uh, downloaded something or something like that, and then it just goes unwatched because oh I got this, I got that, I got this, yeah, I got that. yeah, and it tough. just you're always going to have this and that and it's making the time and making that effort to make it work and that's that's really what you need to be able to do as well because once you get over that initial hump and then you can maybe use it as a reference material, but you got to get over that initial hump and, and go through the material or you know be involved in that workshop. Yeah, the benefits are so, so
0: great. So, hobbyist doesn't matter if it's hobbyist or if you are already a professional or you're a hobbyist that wants to turn professional. Whatever the situation is, this is applies to everybody. I, I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't have significant benefit from picking a conference, a workshop, or some video training and investing that. Save up to invest in that. Work with your family, whoever uh, you know needs to allow you to have this time to be able yep. to to get into it. Make them say, like, you know, make it known. This is what I want to do. I need to find a time that, that I can do it and and go do that. I think that you'll see benefits that are far outweigh other things that are more passive investment that than you can make. All right. Next one for from, from me. And, and this one's going to kind of run through the, the next several. I just want to get kind of more specific yeah. in the other tips. But be engaged. So I, I've seen this in the retreat a few times now. And I could totally empathize (laughs) with the attendees who feel this way because even though you you hear me a lot on this podcast, uh, I am not someone who naturally is extremely outgoing or i mean there 's a reason i 'm behind the camera and not in front of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i I shy away from that a little bit i I thoroughly enjoy photography. I love being able to create memories with people it's it 's so fulfilling uh, with portraits to do that. I love the capturing the memories too and creating those those images that represent like the landscape I visited and and the emotion I had while I was there of how beautiful the earth is. Uh, all those things are wonderful, and it's what draws me and and keeps me passionate about the art. And stepping out from behind that is really tough. I totally can empathize with people who find this really difficult. You go to a conference, and there's going to be some people who do this. They they're drawn to photography for the same reasons, but their personality types. Allow them to be far more aggressive, far more outgoing. And those people are going to make sure they get out of the conference what they what they want. Um, because they're going to be jumping in um, and, and they're more aggressive. They're, they're going to go make sure it happens. So I'm trying to speak to those of you who may not find this a natural thing to do. But you got to get, you out, get engaged. You've got to make the conference be what you want it to be. If you're going to pay the money and, and invest the time to go and do this... It's not going to help you if all you do is sit on the sidelines and watch everyone else participate. So you've got to, you got to overcome that and you've got to get in there and get engaged. Um, there was a, one of the the experiences that comes to mind with me was the retreat we did in Charleston. Uh, we went out on a plantation to do a shoot and a whole bunch of us had brought flash gear. We were going to, you know, play around at this plantation. It was dusk time. So the sun had was just setting and we were going to have this time on the plantation. I think we were even there a little beyond closing. We'd kind of worked that with the plantation that we could do that. And uh, so this beautiful plantation with all this vegetation and there were some bridges and it was a really, really cool environment. We had models that were there, some dancers that um, weren't going to get pictures any other way. Like These were dancers that loved dance and They wanted pictures of themselves in dance poses, but they couldn't afford to have pay photographers to take their pictures. So it was kind of this very mutual benefit sort of thing going on. It was a really cool situation. Just uh, everyone was benefiting from this. So we we had lots of people um, with the flashes, tons who had never done it before. They'd never used flash in their photography, outdoors, otherwise, never had used it. And these aggressive people... We're right up there saying, well, I want to do it next. I want to do it next. And, they, and even though they'd never done it before, you know, give me the flash controller. Let's put it on my camera and let's try it. And I'm going to shoot it. And they were getting in there and doing it. And then I noticed that there were several watching. They were not getting in there. Probably more like me who don't have that aggressive personality to get in there and make sure it's going to be what they want. And, uh, and... I made sure to go and, and get a few of those. And I try really hard at the retreat to do this, to go and pull people and get them out of their comfort zone and say, no, 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 you need to take some shots here. And uh, there were a couple that I was able to do that with who were just so grateful that like some, some were brought to tears because they were um they were able to have an experience that they weren't sure they could have and it was it was just so rewarding for everybody and I want to encourage you to don't wait for me to <laughs> or the attendee the the instructors people to to notice that some may not not everyone's going to make sure that you get out of it what you can so it's your responsibility you have to think of it as something that you have to make sure you take care of and you need to go and and make sure that you get this. So that it works, and and you get out of the conference what you need to. Uh, you have to be engaged. That's your responsibility. What do you think, Brent?
1: Yes, that is definitely a fine line you have to kind of balance between. Because I understand that as well. I am naturally an introvert, and when I get into <laughs> a big crowd of people, that is you know like that, like those people that are watching the others do the work usually especially to begin with i'm so happy to just stand there fly on the wall and be like just watch right you right. know and i totally get that because that's my natural position as well when it's especially when it's something new and it's a bunch of people i don't know and all that good stuff on the flip side though think about not only the fee that you paid for that workshop or that conference and then you got the hotel and possibly you've rented a car and the airfare to get there you've got a lot invested in this and taking advantage of that this is how I kind of think about it too is to say okay my the other side of my brain takes over and it's like man I should be, be getting a little more out of this than you know what I'm doing right now and so that helps me a little bit but taking advantage of those people who are you know like yourself reaching out and saying come on in uh let, let's get you going. That's that's a fantastic uh, opportunity as well. And one thing too, we also had uh, in the the venue that we were delivering all the the workshops or the the presentations. We had some actual hands-on experience there, just in oh, the building right. itself too. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I remember helping people the you know the very first time that they were using a speed light, and it was like Greek to them, kind of a thing, right. and. I was just like, okay, you know, this is what this button does. You know, I kind of had to run through really fast because there were so many people there. But the people that were active and and getting the shot, and then they were, you know, just saying, okay, you know, I'm like, now increase the power, decrease the power, that kind of a thing. All of a sudden, for at different times, but it would just click. And there was like, okay. And then they were empowered to go do more. And that's kind of the point of of those sessions, but where you're out at the. At the plantation, you know that's probably a little slower of a of a thing. But to all all, all that natural, beautiful light, oh my goodness, take advantage of that absolutely. Yeah,
0: wonderful. And you know, not every conference or workshop is going to be the same. There may be some sure. that are not as open to everyone getting engaged. That that may be true. So you know, you gotta you gotta make sure that you're signing up for the right thing. <laughs> if the yeah, you know what's going on. Yeah, if the experience is one where where you are going to get hands on shooting, like at the Create photography retreat then make sure you do it. If the experience is something different, and and I've heard feedback from some people saying that they've, they've been to some workshops where the leader of the workshop, he's going to make sure he gets his shots. And then you're just like tagging along with them. And that's, that's really all that they're going to do is you get to tag along. And you know, if that's the way, you know, maybe that's what you wanted. You wanted to be put in the right position to be along with that photographer um, you you want to see kind of how they are working out, what their setup is, and you don't need the help from that person and, and you're going to be able to go do it, fine, that's great. Whatever whatever you're looking forward to getting out of it. So you, you do have to understand what the workshop or conference or um, you know video training is going to be providing you. But if it's one where they say as part of the event that you should get hands on yourself and that there's going to be instructors to help you, don't shy away, especially if there's an instructor there offering to help you. <laughs> go, go get involved, right. to get engaged. All right, my next tip is uh, it's along the same lines, but it's experiment. So uh, you need to step out of your comfort zone here too, experimenting with new things, even if the type of photography is something you may never do again after the event. I, I want you to to have an open mind. Get in there and try out new things. So you know, as a hobbyist, I have a lot of fun dabbling in all types of photography. I, I love it when there's something new I can go try out. I'm gonna I'm gonna be trying out some new photography this summer. And it's gonna be fun. I'm just looking so forward to it because I know I'm gonna learn a lot by doing that. So even if it's it's gonna sound a little strange, maybe for some for to, to have me say this, but something like, for example, learning about astrophotography, it's going to help you as a portrait photographer, even though those two things are very, very different as far as techniques and approach and everything. I promise you that if you go and experiment and you learn about astrophotography, that's going to help you as a portrait photographer. Same with like flash. Flash is going to help you as a landscape photographer. If you invest the time and you go work on that, it's going to help you. What what do you think, Brent? Does that sound
1: crazy? No, it does not. (laughs) And the reason I say that is because if you're going to go out to learn some Astro or you're just going to sit in on a conference uh, presentation, you know, and you're just going to watch um, Aaron King and Brendan Porter are going to be there talking about some Astro stuff. And so, you're just going to be listening to them and seeing their examples. There's still going to be something that you can learn to apply. And I think the biggest thing on that particular item is you're going to understand the absolute limits of the equipment a little better. And When you know some of the limitations of the equipment, maybe that can give you confidence in pushing the envelope in your own photography, whether you're a portrait shooter, what have you. Yes. Flip side around too. If you're a nature landscapist, go to some portrait type items, Uh, just some shooting, especially if you're into travel like myself, where I just love to also do what I can to incorporate culture and whatnot. Well, that usually involves people and being able to be confident in working with people Especially if you can work with people that are of a different language than you and you can do the hand motions and body motions and whatever else, just by observing someone and how they work with a model and then they start talking about light and all this stuff, maybe your landscape images by themselves become better, but then you could possibly add a little sub thing to say, you know what, I really like how that person is looking in this context, I'm going to go shoot that. And you can probably translate that into something that more fits your photography as well, right? I love what you said there about learning learning the
0: limitations of the camera and how to work with them, because yeah. I, you know, our cameras. I don't. It doesn't matter what you shoot. I, whoever, whatever your whoever whatever camera you're using, all the listeners listening to this, it does not matter what you shoot. It's really capable of making incredible images. I promise you, it is, and. You may be, I, I, so many try to, we've talked about this a lot. There's the marketing, the ads, all this stuff is pushing you to get bigger, more expensive camera equipment and absolutely can make a difference. I'm not going to, you know, like we said, I'm not going to discount that gear can help you, but you right. can do a lot with the gear you have and it the the training and what you'll get by experimenting is going to help you figure out what, how to make the most out of it. How do I get the very most out of the camera I already have? There's huge, huge value in that, and there, I think that's what I get. maybe that's what gets me so excited about it is learning and being empowered with knowledge allows you to do so much with even very inexpensive equipment, and and it's really fascinating to me. I love it.
1: Well, and then I want to go one further, one step further. When you see someone up there, and let's say they're shooting a full frame, this is usually the biggest, you know, divider. Let's right, always right. say, yep. And you've got a crop frame, and they're starting to talk about the benefits of full frame and all this other stuff. I would encourage you to acknowledge that those benefits or those reasons, you know, whatever you want to call it for why they wanted to go that full frame, they do exist, but that does not hardly mean anything for what you should be able to execute and what you should be able to accomplish with your equipment. And when you go and shoot that image, And you get, or something along those lines, and you get something that is, you know, number one, it pushed you, you learned something, hallelujah, uh, and and you're going down that line. At a certain point in time, you might start to realize, hmm, my equipment is starting to limit my vision. That's the time when you then accept that argument that says full frame is better. Exercise your vision first, exercise your technique, don't worry about your equipment. Just focus on those things. I've said it a lot. Initially, initially. I've said it a lot. I
0: hope I get there someday. (laughs) I (laughs) hope I am limited by my equipment someday. That would be a really cool thing. I haven't hit that yet. I am not limited by my equipment. And uh, I just keep learning about it.
1: Yeah, And and we'll dive in a little deeper, but I'm actually going to start incorporating some crop sensor into my work here shortly. I've been a full frame shooter my whole life. Uh, I've, I've never shot crop frame as a as a standard, but I'm actually going to start incorporating some of that. And it just doesn't matter what your, what your equipment is. So whenever someone gives you that argument, uh, it just depends on what your vision is. And, and as long as I'm sure you can execute it with, with whatever equipment you have. Right now, before we leave this equipment,
0: T- or sorry, experiment tip. We said, Yeah, the experiment tip. We're encouraging you to experiment. Go dabble in the other stuff that you don't normally do. Go get that experience. It's so much fun to learn it and it will help you in the areas of photography you are doing professionally or hobbyist, whatever it is. It's going to help you. It's going to make you improve and, and move down that path of, of, path of mastering your photography. Um, at the same time, if there's new equipment available to you, don't be afraid to go try that out too. Absolutely. At some events, they offer... Free rentals, even you might have to leave like your driver's license with them or something like that. But you know, that you can go check out a lens at some events and go give it a try for a couple of hours and see what it's all about. And you know, even if you've never shot something like that before, don't be afraid to go give that a try, it's there, it's available to you. Go take full advantage of that. Same might be even if the event doesn't provide that to you, if there's photographers around you, you know, maybe maybe stop a little short of asking a photographer if you can borrow their gear. That might be, it might be a little awkward. <laughs> they, might yeah. not, they might not be comfortable with that. You know, they don't know you. They don't know if you might run off with something. There's legitimate reasons to not want to do that. But if, if you're shooting and someone next to you notices that, that you're, you are know, don't have some piece of equipment and they offer for you to borrow theirs, don't just dismiss it. I mean, it's the natural temptation. We've talked about people that uh, aren't as uh, outgoing. It's my natural thing, reaction. Oh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to put you out. I don't want to take away the sh- opportunity you have to shoot. And, uh, and I don't want to impose. So I, I would very quickly go to that myself. But I'm encouraging you to think about it for a second and consider accepting that very generous offer from another photographer to let you borrow their gear and try it out. And so that you get that experimentation and try out that new equipment that you've never used before. It's it's a great way to learn and continue to get better.
1: Well, especially if it's a lens. I mean, lenses are probably the the thing that changes our experience the most as it, as it relates to the image we're creating itself. You know, maybe you're limited on the F-stop and you can't, right. you know, open all the way up to F28 or someone's got, you know, maybe you've got the 50 F-18 and someone's got the 50 F12. Holy smokes! There's a lot of difference there, yes, and right. you're just to, to see it for yourself in that viewfinder and to shoot those your own images. That's going to open up a new world. So with whatever I just said beforehand, that's all about for the limitations you have on your on your existing gear. Make sure you're expressing that to the fullest. But then when you start opening up your new world into new opportunities, you're all all of a sudden you're like, wow, there's other things possible here. And sometimes new equipment can make that. Uh, Happen for you. All right.
0: I have one more tip. But before we go into that, I want to thank a sponsor for this episode, and that is a a new partner we have, Creative Live. And, you know, we've been talking in this episode about how even video training is something that you could kind of consider along the same lines of attending a workshop or a conference. And Creative Live is one of those partners that we've got now that um, offers really good. Video training, it's uh, it's very very well done, and you really need to go check it out. They have some classes and or some portions of classes at least that are totally free, so that's risk free. You can go check out the instructor and see how it is they teach a little bit with some of the free portions of the class. Some classes are entirely free, and uh, you you can see what it is they're offering. They have over a thousand. Different video training classes covering food, wedding, landscape photography. There's uh, software classes, cameras, lenses, gear, all taught by today's best and made for all skill levels, so everyone can benefit from this. And it's it's something that is is going to help you to move down that path towards mastering the art of photography. We were nervous a little bit, at least I was, when, when we were naming the the new podcast. Uh, taking over from, with, from what Jim Harmer had had set up. And I was a little nervous that the name Master Photography would mean that we were all masters of photography, which Brent probably is a master of photography. But, <laughs> you're but you're I, too kind. But I'm not. I'm a, I'm a hobbyist still. And uh, I, I benefit greatly from finding good training classes that can can really benefit me and help me to continue to learn and move. And that's, that's why we named this the Master Photography Podcast, Things that will help you moving down that path towards mastering the art of photography all of us are kind of on that path that's the the culture we're trying to establish here with the podcast and i can tell you that creative live is a partner of ours that is going to help you with that you can get ten dollars off your first class by going to creativelive.com and entering the code master10 at checkout so again that's creativelive.com And enter code master10 at checkout so that you can get some access to this and be able to go check out the excellent video training that is there. If if you're at a point where you're ready to move on from kind of the free training, there's tons of it out there from YouTube to uh, podcasts like ours. Um, If you're ready to get just a little bit more involved, something that's going to help you to to master your photography a little bit more, uh, I encourage you to check out Creative Live so again, that's master10 at checkout to get $10 off your first class. All right. Now our last tip or the last tip that I came up with as I was thinking about these things. And I have a little bit of experience now having a few retreats under my belt and being an instructor presenter at the retreats, what I wish all of the attendees would really take to heart. Um, And the last one is asking questions. And this one, it's, it's a little bit hard because I, I'm kind of torn. There's two sides to this for sure. Um, while I really, <laughs> sorry, while I really do believe the only dumb question is the one that's not asked, I, I do, I sincerely believe that's the only dumb question is the one not asked. There are some limitations to that. And that's kind of what I wanted to make sure we talked through in this last one. Um, I think there's an important responsibility of the instructor or leader here. Uh, to make sure the event or the session that you're attending is meeting the expectations of the attendees. At a workshop or a conference, if you attend a session where the subject's intended for people who are kind of more of an advanced level, not at the beginning, not a starting class, let's say it's like an intermediate or advanced, like, like the class description, the session description is one where it's for intermediate or advanced photographers that's not going to be the place for beginners to ask questions. That's not what the intention of the, the course is. I'm not saying that a beginner shouldn't go because it, you know, especially schedule wise, it may be that during that specific hour of the day with the sessions that are offered, that's the one that's most appealing to you. Sure. Go in there. If That falls in line with it. Be engaged and experiment and expose yourself to new things. But be kind of aware and cognizant that if you aren't really following the conversation, that's not the right place to be, you know, raising your hand and and having them go through kind of beginner tips because that's not what the audience, you know, the session is about. And it can be tough to be able to tell the fine line between those things. That's why I really think it's kind of up to the instructor or the leader of the discussion to be able to kind of moderate that, be able to figure out what it is. I try really hard in my sessions to say that, like, I want you to ask every question and any attendee to any of my sessions, I want you to ask any question and let me as the instructor be the one to moderate things, be able to say, great question. It's not really what we want to have in this discussion today right now. Let's talk later and And, try to move on from there, or answer it really briefly if I think I can, and then move on because that's not what everyone is there for. is that that question? Now, not all instructors are good at this.
1: <laughs> <There's-> <laughs>
0: I get those kind of questions all the time.
1: and it's it's uh, it's an art of of its yes. own to to satisfy but deflect and <laughs> keep things on track and keep things moving the direction you're you're supposed to be moving for sure but those questions are still important and that's an opportunity as well to say you know the short answer is this but there's more to it come see me afterwards and we'll sure. and and we'll work it out
0: yeah not not everyone it, just because someone is a phenomenal photographer does not mean they are also a very good instructor of photography so, um, it's an art, it, like it, it's a challenge. And so you kind of have to fill it out a little bit. If an instructor starts off the session and doesn't mention anything about that, then you might need to think, well, is my question really, uh, it's hard. It's really hard at that point, especially if you're a beginner, you don't know if your question is like totally beginner question that everyone else in the room is going to already know. Or if it's something that other people in the room are have questions about, it's, it's hard to tell. And again, probably important that you have make sure that there's good instructors that are actually good at this at at providing instruction instead of people who are just really good at photography, but kind of stink at instruction. (laughs) Um, And that's hard to tell beforehand. So that's that's uh, having doing some research and kind of figuring out maybe from other attendees in the past or uh, testimonials they may have on their website um, to kind of figuring out what it's like is going to be good. So. I do think there's a responsibility with the instructor primarily, but there's also a responsibility. I don't want to de-emphasize. I don't want to discourage anyone from asking questions. You've paid to be there. You've invested. You are there to learn something. And if you don't ask ask the question, it for sure will not be answered. So, I you do have to fill it out, but I want you to encourage asking the questions. I I try really hard as an instructor to communicate things in a way they are going to be easy for people to understand. But as my wife will very readily attest to, I fail at that all the time. I try my best, but I still at times um, approach it kind of as a engineer kind of response that a lot of people <laughs> don't understand. And uh, it's helpful to me then, as an instructor at that point, if I've just said something that just doesn't make sense, I don't understand what you just said, and you can kind of pick up that this is an important concept, but you didn't understand what the concept was, then you need to ask the question. And there's probably other people in the room that have the same question. Again, as an instructor, I will try to do my best to moderate things, to keep it on, on the discussion, on the topic that we're all there for and um, a deal with questions that maybe take us astray a lot. And um, and I'll do my best, but I might fail at that too. So the other responsibility I'd suggest that you have as an attendee would be if the discussion has totally derailed. <laughs> and yeah. I, I've seen this happen a lot where you know it's a 30-minute class or maybe it's, let's say it's a 60-minute class and we've already spent 15 minutes on a question at the beginning of the class that feels like it has nothing to do with the discussion or it's been it's turned more into an argument it's like these two people are now trying to prove each other wrong or prove one is smarter than the other something like that it's become unproductive whatever reason it's your responsibility as an attendee to to raise your hand and say let's get back on track <laughs> I'm here to see what you had to present and I'm not here to hear this discussion. Maybe you guys can talk about this after and can we get back to what it is that you were gonna show us or teach us today? And that helps. That helps the instructor to say, you're right. (laughs) I'm sorry, we have to, you know, move on. This is not productive or whatever it is. You 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 get the idea.
1: Yes. Diplomacy is still very important there because you don't want to burn a bridge, probably, probably, but keeping it, you know, honest and real as it were uh, that that can be really important as well And so it's good to take the take the banner as it were and speak up on if that is the case and it's just it's morphed into like what you said where it's just you can tell this is going nowhere quick
0: right it's it's tough. And some people are good at it. Some people are not. And it's just going to depend on the course and the workshop or whatever it is that, that you're at. You kind of have to feel it out. I guess there's what, there's a bit of a skill here to learn yourself
1: yeah. about how to be a good attendee <laughs> at a conference. Or <laughs> yeah, workshop. sure. And one other thing to, I, I feel I want to emphasize too on that idea, uh, it's more likely if you have those questions though, it's more likely than not, I would say, that someone else has Absolutely. that same kind of question in their mind. So, what you taking the, the 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 risk, as it were, in asking that question, someone else in there is going to be very relieved that you did that. And so you're doing them a favor as well,
0: right? Yep. Be brave enough to ask. Hopefully, the instructor will be able to be good enough at moderating to decide whether or not it's something to go into or not, and everyone can benefit from that. So. Ask questions. All right. So just to review real quick, because we went through a list there of tips, pick one and go. I want you to pick a conference or workshop and go. Get get that done over the next 12 months. All of you listeners, I want you to pick one and go to it. It's going to really, really help you. Be engaged. Try your best. If you are a personality type that doesn't like being the spotlight, is not very aggressive or social, get out there. You've got to make this this workshop or conference the thing that you need it to be for you. You need to be engaged. And that can mean you need to experiment. You need to go try things that you don't normally do. Stretch yourself. It's going to help you in every aspect of photography if you go and learn something new. Don't be afraid to try out some new equipment. Take full advantage of those opportunities if they're there. And then the last one, ask questions. If they arise, if you have something that you don't understand, then ask questions. Raise your hand. Let the instructor help everyone in the room to understand it. They may not have communicated in a way that everyone can understand. We all learn in different ways. Ask questions. All right. Any other tips that you can think of right off, Brent?
1: No, I think we've done pretty well there. Uh, Certainly, I invite folks to give us some feedback, though. If if you have other tips, let us know, and that might be something we can... Uh, bring up again in in a
0: future episode I love it yes you can let us know either in the Facebook group or on, as comments on the blog post that we make along with this over at masterphotographypodcast.com. We do Absolutely. read those. We do see those. So if you if there's a tip that we skipped that we didn't get in here, I'm sure there are. There, I'm sure there are tips. <laughs> there's got to be. There's got <laughs> to be. Let us know. We'd love to have some collaboration here. If you've attended a bunch of workshops or conferences and you've learned some things that really helped you then let us know. Give us uh, give the suggestions there, especially if you can do it before the retreat happens. This, the, as the episode comes out, we have less than a week and we'd love to have all the the help we can from our wonderful community in tips about how you can make that workshop or conference be the best experience that you can get out of it. All right. Let's go to the final kind of thought we have in the in the, a few minutes here before we wrap up the show. We wanted to talk about one thing that kind of came out of the news that was an interesting item, something about uh, photography rights and an interesting thing with kind of a, a new landmark in New York. Why don't you tell us about it, Brent?
1: Yes, uh, this came across my feed as I was going through. I initially found it on Petapixel, and they talked about this item. The title is New York City's New Vessel Landmark Has a Big Photo Copyright Grab. And so whenever something copyright-oriented comes about in the news, I usually get my ears perked up a little bit because I'm very interested in copyright items as I try and still you know, make a little bit of a living or a little bit of an income off of my... Uh, images and the rights thereof and so they go through the details here and what this thing is first off let me just tell you what a, this vessel thing is it's an installation it's it's kind of like an art installation that you can actually walk on and be a part of so it's a very experiential art installation piece and it's in this place called the Hudson Yards and so I had to even look up well, what's the Hudson Yards that doesn't make much sense to me I'm not from there I don't know what it is. Well this is a a new location that has uh residences like you know condominiums and the like uh shops so it's got a shopping mall in the place restaurants things to see and do they got an art museum there they got a hotel there so it's just this big huge place, but they built it over these these uh, subways, these train tracks for the subways. And so it, it's it, it's all about 28 acres and they built it over it. So they just you know built up a little bit and then they just are using all this space as they go up. So it's a really huge project. And in the middle of this project, they have this thing called the vessel. And the vessel is this thing where you're, from what it looks like, it's free to do, but you have to get a ticket. And so you register for a ticket and you can go pick it up or print it off, whatever the case is, have it on your phone. And then that gives you access to the space. And so when you get access to the space, there's a thing on their terms and conditions on their website. And from the one day that it was released, because this was, uh, I believe, published yesterday and then um, today uh, we're recording uh, on a Tuesday it was uh, changed a little bit. So I just want to go through what those changes are. But initially it read that if you create or upload a post or any photographs that you end up granting the company and all of its people that they work with a perpetual worldwide license to use this image in anything they want. And <laughs> right. I'm really truncating what that is. So you can look at the the linked... Uh, the linked article uh, there on Petapixel. And that was just, you know, that's kind of making some photographers mad. So if you're going to be in this thing and you you take any photographs, certainly if you just leave them on your own computer, there's nothing to be done, but if you publish them and the company sees that, they're going to just automatically claim right to it and say, well, that's our property. So we'll use it for whatever we want. Thank you very much. And that bothers a lot of people. Right. Well, it, it it doesn't it also say something
0: about can't be used for commercial purposes at all. You can't make money off of any image you
1: take. Correct. And that is understandable when it's private property. This is private property, and when you are on their private property and you're making images on that private property, they don't want these images used in a commercial sense. And that has been a restriction that has been around for a long time sure. even botanical gardens will have that uh you know th- those places in charleston we talked about going to the those those um plantations pretty much all of those have that same kind of right. thing uh where they're saying you know we just we need to be aware and authorize for commercial purposes but this is saying even if you were just to post something to Instagram and the company sees it, they're going to take their rights and say, we can do whatever we want with that image and we're not going to pay you any money for it. Yeah. But they've, they've changed it a little bit. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: I guess my, my reaction to it is I think it's going to happen more and more as things like this are built where they are very specifically thinking about the photography rights. I'm not so sure this was such an emphasis Several years ago, but with social media being so impactful to like marketing of of these kinds of things, they want the ability to take any of it and use it in their marketing, which is kind of the biggest thing I think here. Even third party marketers, right. so so even if they contract with some other third party to develop a marketing uh, ad campaign, they want to be able to leverage any photo anyone takes anywhere. Right to be included in that campaign free of charge they are not you know and that's just part of the the agreement you make when you go get a free ticket there's no cost but you get a free ticket you are agreeing to this as you go in and and it just seems like this is probably going to be an increasing trend and uh, it's going to make it interesting to see how things go with photography and uh, and these kinds of of monuments or or landmarks as mm-hmm. as you go over time. Another one that's had something similar to this for a long, long time now would be
1: um, the uh, Eiffel Tower, right? Isn't there the, something kind of similar? display yeah, at night right. is copyrighted. And so, yes, that has some restrictions as well. And that's been around for a long time. That's not a, right. a new thing. But here we have
0: a new landmark, something really cool. It's very interesting looking. There's, It's pretty unique. You'll, you'll have to check out the show notes. You can get the link over to to the image of what this vessel structure looks like it's very very appealing as a photographer i could see why you'd want to go get pictures of it it's new too so it's not like there's millions of pictures that exist of it yet they will shortly right <laughs> but uh but it, i i can see why there's appeal there and yet it's kind of hard to think well does it really matter what photo i have i can't Benefit commercially. I don't even think they have a provision for that, at least not that I've seen that you can pay a a fee and get it so you can take commercial or
1: benefit commercially. Maybe there is, but I haven't seen it. About Um, the only thing that you could do with something like this is if you were to sell fine art prints, that would be about the only thing in my estimation that you could do legally. Uh, Editorial content, if you were to do it as that, you could probably still get away with that uh if there was a specific news related item that was going along with it but editorial is very low paid uh these days and you know we're talking like maybe 2 dollars a photo kind of a thing and then um fine art you know if you're making something quite unique and it's your abstraction or whatever it is of that piece uh that you're photographing that would be about the only thing that you could Uh, still make money on because you're selling the print the physical print or something like that itself you're not uh, you know putting it online necessarily but if you do of course they're going to take it yeah but it did read they'll be able to use it for any purpose whatsoever in any and all media Uh In, in either case now known or developed later and so now they have changed it to be something along the lines of it will be Used via social media, their social media channel. So the the people that own it, Vessel Media, and the you know the company that owns this whole thing, their social media channel, and via websites associated with the vessel or Hudson Yards, and then it's in perpetuity and the like. So they are now the the existing the updated, if you will, is f- restrictive to just their social media channels and their websites. Right. So. Really, what was the use of, you know, in any and all media? Well, okay, they could have, you know, put it on a DVD. Who's going to do that? Um, So pretty much the ones that they want anyway, they're still going to be able to use it according, you know, to the rights that you give up when you uh, go in and you make a picture and you take a picture of it and post it. So for me, you know, how would I do this? If I were to to visit here, I would just have to have an understanding in my mind saying... Whatever I shoot, I just know that this is the case. And so, if I shoot something with my cell phone and I put it on Instagram, they' and they come across it, I just have to know that this is what they're saying. And this, and by doing that, I'm agreeing to this by the right. fact that I'm knowledgeable of this. I'm agreeing to this as well. And you just have to you just have to accept it or
0: don't do it. I guess the reason to bring it up here on our show, though, is. It's an increasing trend and you probably, you got to make sure you look through the fine print of, of everything now that where you have plans to go take photos because there's probably some kind of wording in there that addresses it. It was, they had a picture from the website, the Hudson Yards website. It's not even labeled like photography licensing or something along those lines to draw your attention to it as a photographer. It's labeled my content Yeah, So it may not be totally obvious if you're like just browsing through these, of course, terms and conditions, something most of us just bypass. We don't even read them. And um, so it would be an important thing. I think for photographers, this is becoming increasingly important as you are presented with any kinds of terms and conditions related to something where you're going to be doing some photography. You got to read through it. You
1: got to take a look and see what the the terms and conditions are so you understand what the rules are. And now that's another thing they changed. It used to be titled. The title of that little section was "My Content." It's now "My Social Media Posts." Okay, so they are changed. They have changed it to that.
0: A little better, but that still doesn't immediately say (laughs) say this is photography. So, yeah. Okay, well that's that's all we had for this episode. I hope you know. Oh, let's do doodads. I almost skipped doodads, Brent. What are you doing, Jeff? Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, Brent. What doodad do you have for us this week? Oh, my goodness. So, I've decided to take the plunge in a certain fashion, and I've ordered a Sony A6400. And the reason I've done that is uh, I do have my class next quarter, and we offer students rental cameras. And so, I'm going to go ahead and support this as an, an option for a rental camera. But also this summer, I've got tons of video things that I'm going to be creating. I've got so many plans. Once I get my print course done, it should be still out in uh, April 2 is what I'm hoping for. And then I've got so many plans for doing things this summer. And this is probably going to help me do that. So I also had that in mind. But the A6400 is my first doodad. And the biggest reason I bought it was the price point was right at about $850 US for the body only. Uh, I got it with the 18-135 to lens, so I have a little more flexibility there in the lens. Uh, But then the quality, I know it's going to deliver good quality stuff. The video capabilities that it has is fairly top-notch, and I'm just interested in trying out something different on the camera spectrum. And so I've been a Canon shooter since like 2003, I think it is. And so now I'm going to give this Sony a try and and see how it goes uh, for that. So many Canon to Sony conversions I've heard of. So, so yeah, that- I, this will be interesting. I I I'm not actually anticipating moving my my full on for for video. Sure. This is what I'm really looking at. If it's quote unquote good enough, as it were, and what I really mean by that is the experience of shooting. It's not a technical quality issue, but if the experience of shooting is still good enough for my stills, you know, then I might consider thinking about the switch for for my regular stills work, but also Fuji is still very much tugging at me. I almost bought a Fuji, but that T3 is just too expensive. I can't do it for this purpose. Uh Uh Uh, I almost got the T30, but I was like, "Mm, I'll just stick with the Sony uh, idea because I had thought of that first and I was just like, okay, I'll just stick with that and offer that one up. Very cool. We'll see how it goes. I'm pretty excited to try that out. All right. So there's one that
0: we'll probably have some follow up in the doodads area later. I have one yeah, where I'm a long going. Time from now. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to follow up. Yes. So this is one that I've recommended before. It actually came from Levi Sim. He he suggested it way back on a on a podcast. And I went and bought one and I just used it again this past week in some of my shooting. I love it. I uh, I was reminded. In fact, when I saw, you know, when I went to use it, I thought I got to make sure I make this. a will do that again real soon because I. It's turned out to be something I really, really love, and it's not expensive. So what this is, it's called the Frio V2 Universal Locking Cold Shoe Mount. Cold shoe meaning it fits in that hot shoe mount of your camera, but there's no electrical contact that it's going to provide. It's plastic. It's rubber. <laughs> so of course it's not going to provide any contact. Um, so you can't use this to, to try to communicate, you know, anything where you put this on top of it, it's, it's not going to communicate anything anyway. It's not intended for that anyway. Cause what it's supposed to do is you put it on top of a tripod. So it has on the bottom of it, a tripod mount, uh, screw that you can screw into any tripod and then provides a cold shoe mount, that you can put a flash onto, for example, which is how I'm using it. I'm using this to attach my speed lights to the top of this that don't have anything like they are expecting a hot shoe mount, uh, the speed lights are. So there's other ways to solve this problem too with with getting flashes onto tripods, but this is a really inexpensive one. $13, the Frio V2 universal locking cold shoe mount. And I, I love it. I highly recommend it as a way to solve this problem, getting speed lights that are intended to go in a hot shoe into onto a tripod. It's great. Or a, a light stand even. All right, now we can wrap up the show. <laughs> now it's time <laughs> to end it. Uh, we want to remind everyone that you can get the show notes over at masterphotographypodcast.com. It's the home for the show. You find everything there. Um, the tips. If you if you don't remember all the tips, maybe if you want to take the tips with you to a retreat or a conference, just to remind yourself while you're there at the workshop or the conference. Um, I highly recommend that. That's great. And so you can you can take those show notes, copy them off onto your phone if you want to, or just keep the link handy, something like that. Uh, Facebook group, great community we have. If you search for Master Photography Podcast, you can find it where there's a link in the show notes, which is even easier. And uh, we, you do have to answer a question to join. I have had to deny access to a number of people this week because they didn't answer the question of naming a host on the podcast network or prominent guests that we may have had on any of the shows. So Brent will work. Jeff will work. um, Erica, Brian, Connor, all of us. That'll work. Uh, Some Levi, Nick, whoever's been on, you can use any of those names. Just show us that that demonstrates to us that you are an actual real live listener to the podcast. And those are the only people we want inside the group. So go go join that group. We also have a new Instagram account just started. Uh, it's at Master Photography Podcast. Going to have lots of images there of for the shows that come out and, and other interesting things that we will share through that Instagram account. So you can follow at Master Photography Master photography podcast, easy for me to say. Then mm-hmm. we
1: have Brent's work. Where can people find you, Brent? So you can find me at my website, brentbergherm.com. And I have some items there for my workshops that I'm doing. And then that's where my print course will be once that is uh, released as well. And I do have some deadlines coming up on that total solar eclipse web uh, workshop. I almost said website, but the <laughs> workshop there on uh, the end of this month, uh, March uh, 2019. Uh, is uh, when I need to have people signed up. And so, if you're interested in that, uh, sign on up. Feel free to reach out and ask some questions. Uh, You can find me over on YouTube. Just search com. Then I have a couple of groups on Facebook. So, uh, search those things out if you're interested. All right, perfect opportunity
0: to act on what we just talked about. There's a workshop. Absolutely, Brent's got offering. He's gonna he's gonna help you do something you probably never done. Travel out and, and go take some uh, eclipse photos. So you want to go do that? Oh, it's just. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's um, really great. So, okay. And then you can find my work. I'm at uh, jsharmanphotos.com. It's the main portfolio site. You can check out my other podcast. It's Photo Taco Podcast over at phototacopodcast.com. I just released an episode where I talk about Adobe's enhanced details feature. That's brand new as of February 2019 in Lightroom and Photoshop. When it is, how it works, and when you should use it. And so, go check that out over at phototacopodcast.com. Um, you can find me at Harmon Harmon Jeff on Facebook, Harmon Jeff on Instagram, and on Twitter I'm Harmon underscore Jeff. Also, oh, all those links will be over in the show notes, so you don't have to search for them, and uh, and you'll be able to find it there. All right. That's it for the show today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you will subscribe to the show and share it with other people. If you like the show, that's the best way to help us is sharing it with other photographers, encouraging them to subscribe to the show. And uh, we'll see you again in another seven days.